Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, it is week two of James Lott Jr.'s tour around the country, which means, thankfully, you don't have to just put up with me, we've got Acrecia back in, uh, the, back in the studio. <laughs> I'm already falling apart. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, yes. Once again, when that music plays, it can mean only one thing. That's right. It's the GH Report right here on After Buzz TV, part of your Sunday soap block. There, it's kicking off with Dishing Days, followed up by us. And then we have the Restless Wrap-Up. Of course, the Bull Breakdown with James Lott Jr. is on hiatus while he is out touring the countryside. But I'm one of your hosts, Frank Brand. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jackie. And we've got the person that you've all come here to watch. You don't come here for me. You come here for this woman. Unless you're a Sunny fan, then then you change the <laughs> channel or your webpage, however you view this. But yes, I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N, anywhere on the internet, since there is only one. And making sure that you can see us and hear us is the one, the only, the very exhausted, the partied out, Alexis Torres. <laughs> oh, you had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm back, and I'm happy that Lucretia's back and ready to, to rant, um, because it was awesome having you solo, for, uh, Frank, but mm, I know that you need an extra voice, because mine is definitely not here today. <laughs> so I'm happy that that is happening. <laughs> well, actually, to be honest, Lucretia, last week, as I was talking, uh, Alexis Joy's in the mic just going, boo. <laughs> so that's cool. All right. The entire time. <laughs> but as always, folks, you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I want to give us a thumb up while you're there. Just one. I, we only allow one. I, I wish the YouTube would allow you to do two thumbs up. But they, until until technology is caught up with my desires, just give us that one thumb. Uh, you can also hop in the chat. Lucretia's got her computer, which means the chat is up and running. So I know last week we really didn't get much of a chat, but Lucretia's got it up and running. So feel free to jump in, share your thoughts about this week's run of episodes or just the show in general. So yes, uh, Lucretia, you were gone last week. Uh, I And we talked a little bit about this. But uh, I felt like last week was just kind of like, eh, there wasn't really any peaks, there really wasn't any valleys for me. Yeah, that was the thing, is, you know, I was working all week, so I didn't really get to catch up on the show until the following Monday after the show. And I was pleasantly surprised, because it didn't make me as angry as the week before, <laughs> yes. but I also felt very indifferent about everything going on. There are there bits and pieces that I liked, like... When Griffin kicked Sonny out of the burn ward, I was very happy about that because that was what I was worried about with his character because I know they share the Catholic bond, which was fine when it was there, but to have him be his on his side in that scene wouldn't have made sense, so I was glad that they did that because it. I think that they seem to be putting Griffin with a lot of different people, though, um, trying to just throw him at whatever sticks. But I hope what sticks is with Ava, because I think that that's at least interesting. But what do you think with with this Ava storyline? Like, this is going to be, the way that they even set it up in the scene is like, this is going to be years of painful surgeries to be able to kind of restore to any kind of semblance of the life that she used to lead pre-fire. So 
do we really want to just watch and go along with Ava for years while she's just getting surgeries and we've got scars on her face or her body or whatever and this is tv magic i mean Sonny was never supposed to get out of that wheelchair and he did i mean how many people have been blind maimed i mean anything i mean look at valentine he got surgeries you know within you know a quick year to you know look like he does now a very beautiful man so it's it's so world. So I don't think that we'll... I think she will be dealing with this as a consequence because for some reason the Jeromes are the only ones that get to face consequence, which is also <laughs> why, to me, they're a little bit more palatable characters because, like, as we saw with Julian this week, everybody hates Julian except Alexis. A- and I'm okay with that. I mean, <laughs> I like Julian because of that because it's like, okay, well, he's like, yeah, I know. I mean, I did what it did. I'm only out because of Ava's condition. You know, I'm I'm sort of accepting this. And, and he's just grateful that Alexis is at least talking to him. But everybody else is like, screw you, dude. And, and that's the thing with Ava is like, we're at least seeing some consequence with the character. So that's more interesting. But do you yeah. feel like, all right, so uh, let's just say plus or minus six months that uh, she's going to be dealing with these repercussions. I would say minus because I think that it'll be just a, you know, maybe a couple months storyline because it it may be sort of on the back burner as well because Ava is a front burner character when she's with Sonny and Carly and against them. But like oftentimes, for whatever reason, she's just to the side. So it may be prolonged, but I don't think we're going to be seeing as much of it. And I feel like as... I've seen like with Julian, at least, you know, everything that I get, that he gets into, you do see him feeling bad for his actions. Mm-hmm. And he's at least trying to do something different this time. How long that lasts, who knows? Until the writers decide to just arbitrarily say, hey, guess what? Yep, yep. He... Well, like they did with him before. Exactly. I mean, he had really shown to be the better mobster, but it's like, yeah. oh, God, we can't have that. No, no, no. We're going to drag him yeah. right back in. Do you think Ava is going to have a change? Because I feel like through everything that she's been through, she's never really change like i mean she faked her own death she came back as her twin sister yeah and i think that's the thing with the ava character and that was what was more interesting about her is that she never changed but she also never apologized for it and never really was praised for it either and that's why i found her entertaining but at this point this is a pretty horrible thing to happen i think at least for her surgeries and all this and that's why i think the stuff with griffin will work out is i think He's this good person. She'll want to be good, at least for the time being. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, it will be curious to see how quickly that, if they do decide to go with the Griffin-Ava romance. Because that seems weird to be the doctor tending you in the burn unit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, well, how would you like to go out for dinner? Yeah. Mm. Hey, baby, let me change your dressing. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh and people are already talking. There you <laughs> Thank go. you, Alexis. <laughs> but people keep uh, saying there was supposedly a r- room. Okay, yeah, Dion's Corner. Let me get your name right. Um, there was rumors about Griffin being put with a married woman. And those scenes with Sam... And a lot of people are talking about him with Sam. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Like, Sam is a character that, if she's not with Jason at this point, I don't, unless they put her with Michael Easton again, which I like him with Hayden, so I don't want to see that. I I really don't think that Griffin needs to be drugged down with the J-Sam bandwagon. Because as as we say, anybody that gets in that core, whether it's Sonny and Carly, Jason and Sam, they're gone for good. So unless they're planning on getting rid of Matt Cohen... I, I don't want to see that. And, and it's nothing against Kelly Monaco or the Sam character, but it's just that's the way that things work. And yeah. 
Sam's with Jason, and they're finally happy, however you want to say it, so let's leave them together. And Ava, who should have been with Nicholas, but because of Tyler Christopher's contract, that didn't work out, let's give her Griffin. It's just kind of annoying that that's possible, but I do see that they put her in scenes with him randomly lately, and I'm like, ugh, please no. Do you think uh, <laughs> that's, uh, because I guess you think like back in the 80s or 90s, and you think like back like Erica Kane. Somebody that would, uh, you know, yeah, that would, the running joke is how say your say your full mm-hmm. complete legal name, and it'd always be so many last names because she'd been married to so many different people throughout the years. And I guess maybe that was just part of the the, the hook or the charm or the, the kitschiness of Erica Kane. But I feel, do you think audiences are tired of? And we're seeing a little bit of this with the Sunny and Carly that they have less tolerance for. We're we're going to keep driving them apart to bring them back together because it's like we know. We, we know you're not going to do this for real. Well, and I think that's the thing, is that soaps have evolved, but some of the tropes haven't evolved with them. With Erica Kane, that became a joke. And that sort of fit that particular character, too. She seemed like somebody who would marry all different uh, types of men, fall in love next minute, not. And that's how she was portrayed. At this point, I don't think that we see women like that on soaps that much anymore. I mean, Lucy Coe, to me, would be similar in an Erica Kane fashion, like, the, you know, the kind of kitschy thing. But, like, she's sort of a backburner character. Any of our frontburner characters, that almost seems... And I don't want to demean that, because that was fun about Erica, but it doesn't seem right for, say, even Carly. Yeah, it's just like I, yeah. well, I feel like it, it gets harder for to make audiences invest in those characters wanting to be together if you're always coming up with reasons to break them up and then bring them back together. I mean, it's like Carly's what and Sonny's fifth, sixth time. Yeah. So it's like, all right, you know, how many more times? It's like this whole storyline about them being estranged right now. It's like this is getting tiresome because you never we we as we've talked about before we know you're never really going to pair them up with anybody else for long term. Just because those kind of characters don't exist on the canvas right now. So why are you making us go through this? Because we just, it's like, just get to them back together already. Because this is just all kind of wasted time. Well, and two, it, it doesn't serve their characters either way. I mean, as I say, Carly is a character that I think has had good relationships outside of that, like Jax. But if we're not going to get Ingo Rademacher, and I could, she, she has chemistry with Andre, and... To me, Carly is a character, while frustrating she may be, I still really enjoy the character. I find Sonny, to me, is more a love to hate, and he's getting to a point as far, you know, and this is nothing against Maurice Bernard, seeing him as the sex symbol is just getting kind of weird, because, I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry, we've got Matt Cohen and Ryan Pavey on the show. These guys are exceptionally hot, they're much younger, why are we not putting them as the sexy guys with all the women? And that's what I've always found kind of weird, is like, we're getting younger and hotter guys on these shows, and they're not replacing the older Lotharia, which you would think would happen. I mean, and, and as I say, there's nothing against it. I mean, I'm all for I mean, look at William DeVry and Nancy Lee Gron getting it on. Yeah. But it's just a matter of I don't understand the constant need to put Sonny with different women and not so much Carly, which has had better relationships. With Sonny, I mean, she shall not she who shall not be named is his really only other long-standing relationship, and God, that's the only worse choice than Carly. <laughs> <laughs> she's 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 never far from coming back, guys. You never know. Oh, oh, gosh. Uh, oh. Uh, her last visit to the show, I think, I think, pretty much killed any enthusiasm for her wanting to, like, yeah, bring bring her back. That'd be great. Uh, so, uh, 
uh, we'll, we'll jump back. back. So we've got Ava mm-hmm. uh, there in the burn ward. We've got kind of Gryffindor being able to kind of protect her. Uh, we also see a little, what I did like is a, a little bit about uh, Dylan and uh, Scotty. Where he, Dylan gives him a little smackdown. I was like, oh, man, Ken Schreiner is getting on the receiving end of everything for this. But I but I like it. Yeah, as I say, even though I like Scotty, it was kind of deserved. And I like that Dylan was standing up for Kiki and stuff like that. And, and I like that Dylan is being reasonable in this, even though that's a little bit extreme. He's like, Kiki, you don't need to abandon your mom. Whether or not you agree what she did, you were there for me with my dad and, and you know... I like that he is this good boyfriend here, you know, and taking everything out and sort of helping her because, you know, this sucks all around. I mean, and I hope that Scotty doesn't get charged. We know he won't, but it's just Scotty is who he is, and he was helping his friend. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, it's uh, which I feel like other than Lucy Coe and Laura— but I, and I, I, well, yeah. I guess it's interesting. It's pretty much just all women that he has. Good, it's Bobby, Lucy, and Laura. Yeah. He seems to have a good tie with. So it's, it's nice to see that he also has good ties with somebody that's uh, newer to the canvas. It's like, cool, all right. I like that relationship between the two of them. And two, Ava takes care of Scotty as well. They have a, actually more of an even relationship. Is He may be her lawyer a lot of times, but when he needed a place to stay, Ava gave him a place to stay. She's been the one who was there for him more so than Lucy, Laura, and even Bobby lately. Yeah, yeah. And I like that relationship, and I always feel like that is one that has never been fully exploited for all its potential. We just see it like you know, in bits and pieces, and it always makes you just want to see more of it. Yeah, and that's the thing is they're so funny. They're great together. And I like that there's clearly just a friendship between them. They mm-hmm. even both make jokes about when they've misunderstood something the other one said. Oh, God, no, not you. Like, <laughs> And I think that's what I like about them. Because with Laura and Bobby and Lucy, those are all his former lovers. Mm-hmm. Ava's the only one that's just his friend. And I think that's why they sort of have a better relationship. Well, we do see a scene with Scotty and Laura this week where he's just basically, hey, do you think I'm a, a good person? And Laura's just like Laura, just like nah, well, I don't know, Scotty. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what the deal is with you, buddy. Yeah, and I really like that because Laura is not one to dismiss him, but she's also just like, yeah, I'm going to call you out on your crap. <laughs> <laughs> and if we're talking about Laura, uh, Lucretia, before yeah. this episode started, was already saying how excited she was about these scenes this week, and mm-hmm. that was uh, Spencer came back in town last mm-hmm. week, but he's still around this week. You have a much higher tolerance, I feel, for him than I do. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed Spencer. He was sort of the bright spot of this week. Even though he's a little jerk, it's funny. And Spencer, a lot of times, will say what we're all thinking. Because I liked that he brought up the fact that Charlotte was Valentine's kid and they stole his home. Because to have that not be mentioned and them just have their happy family was not reasonable. So I was glad that at least somebody is like, hey, yeah, like... He killed my dad, and they took my home. I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's yeah. like, and I can understand that, but then for him to also, well, I, I mean, a kid is a kid, so they're just going to equate. Yeah. If they can't do really distinguish between Valentine and Charlotte. They're just going to say, you know, that's, they're, they're all family, so that family is against me. Uh, but they, the moment where they're doing the puzzle, and he <laughs> just slams his hand on the puzzle and then just shatters it, I'm like, oh, 
come. And then he's at towards like, oops. Oh, yeah. I'm like, he is such a little jerk. But it was so funny when Dante was like reprimanding him and he looked at Laura like, are you going to let him talk to me <laughs> yeah. that way? And Laura was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a commoner. You know what yeah. I mean? Talk to me. I'm royalty. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, Spencer's a little jerk, but it's funny. And because he's a kid, you just laugh it off. I mean, of course, you know, if he was a little older saying this, you're like, yeah, well, what a little bastard. But this, he's so well, little, you're like, oh, it's cute. I don't know. I, I have such a fine line for it. It's like, he was really pushing my limits to like, oh, just somebody, just throw him in a, a closet or something for a while. Just please. Yeah, Sawyer Olive says, I was loving me some Spencer this week. Um, yeah, Taylor Jones says, Spencer is such a Cassidine. Sarah sees like, Spencer was awesome. So I think they, they all agree with me, Frank. He was adorable. Oh, well, I'm afraid yeah. to tell you that, <laughs> that your opinions are wrong. And mine was right. No, uh, just ugh. yeah. My favorite one was I love Laura when she's telling it like it is, and this is why I wish she would do this to Lulu sometimes, because with her and Spencer, and she goes, "Well, I don't judge you for Helena," and he goes, "That was low." She goes, "It was supposed to be." And I'm like, "That was great." Because yeah. yeah, I feel like any time that she has those discussions with Lulu, she's that is my daughter. Yeah, she will always just like understand. But you know what, uh, Laura's also you know your Laura's daughter she she can understand where you're coming from so give her words of uh, like at least think about what she's saying before you start just running off and doing these dumb things which after the fact you realize like oh i was a dumb dumb i shouldn't have done that so just listen to Laura right out of the gate. It would have been much easier. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, we've got uh, Spencer back in town. but Ali- And it will be interesting to see where they're going. Because with Charlotte now living mm-hmm. with uh, Lulu and Dante and Rocco, feeling a little tight. Tight quarters. So who comes in to mm-hmm. offer a place to stay? Good old Kevin Collins. I love that. Because as I say... They're one of those couples that came out of nowhere, but you really root for them because we don't see them very often. Kind of like Ned and Olivia, Mm -hmm. where we don't see them very often, but every time we do, we're glad we did, and we wonder why they're not here more often. Yeah, which is true. It's like, give us some more stuff to do between the two of them. And and I don't want to see stuff that's going to put them at odds. I want to see them doing something that's going to just have them have to work together and do something. Yeah, and that's what I've liked about the relationship is 90% of the time, it was them working together on interesting stories. Like, you know, when they went to Cassidy Island and, you know, we're figuring out things, you know, with, you know, because he was a cartographer. (laughs) Yes. We haven't mentioned that at all since. That was just a a very brief hobby for Kevin Collins. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, and that's the thing is Spencer, I guess, will be like a little bit of a conflict maybe, but he likes Kevin. I mean, yeah, it seems like like, it, but I I don't know if I would have, uh, once Laura said like, well, Spencer's here too. I I mean, Kevin didn't bat an eye. He was like, all right, that's great. I may may have been like, all right, well, maybe we'll hold off mm-hmm. on this for a little bit then. Yeah, maybe. But no, mm-hmm. he's going to do it. He's going to open up the doors to, to Spencer and Laura. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, and Spencer had another scene with Hayden and Cam. I like that they remembered that she had a fondness for him. And, you know, her trying to be, you know, be with these kids and trying to be a mom. It was it. it that was one of those little random scenes this week that I actually liked because it was funny because she was calling Laura, freaking out, <laughs> yeah. and you know. I will I will remember to uh, send an apology no. text. Nope, you're gonna write a letter. Yeah, you're gonna write a letter. <laughs> what? I'm gonna write a letter. <laughs> what is this? Uh, so of course you mentioned Olivia. No. We have some brief scenes here. She talked about with Julian as he's getting beat up on by everybody. Certainly the biggest one I think this week was with uh, Olivia yeah. and Julian because he wants to go and, and see his son. And Olivia said, you know, you haven't been around. He doesn't know you. So please do yourselves, a, do everybody a favor and just do what you've been doing. Stay out of his life. 
And Alexis rides to the rescue and says, no, you can't be doing that. And I like that at least Alexis was very cautious about, and this is what I like, is at least they're not shoving them back together like other couples that have had horrible things. Is she obviously still cares for him. He cares for her. He keeps a little bit, and then she's like, no, this is a legal matter. I'm just being there as your advocate, and I think that because of how you were with, you know, Scal, it'd be okay. And I like that Alexis was very cautious, but also saying, hey, Olivia, you know, it'd probably be better to work this out this way, even though I totally get Olivia. And that's the thing, is whether I like Julian or not, Olivia has a point, and she she is not a hypocrite as someone because she is the only one to keep Sonny's kid away from him. And that's why I will always like Olivia Falconeri, <laughs> is because... Guess what? That's why Dante is a well-adjusted human being. Michael's just been brain damaged is why he is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. True. I mean, I guess yeah, it does, yeah, for, for Leo, the yeah. odds are just sticking with uh, Ned and Olivia, odds are he's going to be, yeah, like you said, more better, more well-adjusted than uh, having Julian around. Yeah, because that's what I say is, like, Olivia is at least not a hypocrite. She kept, you know... Dante away from Sonny because of that and she had whole intentions of keeping Julian away and with the Julian situation she got drunk and at her age did not expect that to happen so you know it's not like she was in a relationship with him she had a one night stand and she has always been clear about them wanting him away from the mob and she had been reasonable with Julian when she knew he wasn't in the mob and now she's still on her foot so as I say while I like Julian I see both sides of this situation and I get He's trying to change, but it doesn't take back all this other stuff he did. So yeah. certainly, I mean, even Sam comes in yeah. and uh, sees the two of them together and what's happening with uh, Olivia as well. And just says, you know what, I don't have anything to say to you, Julian. And if you're agreeing with him, Mom, I don't have anything to say to you. I'm out. See you later. So, <laughs> I mean, it's certainly, I mean, this whole relationship with, uh, or at least whatever their kind of status quo is between Alexis and Julian nobody's really supporting Alexis on this at all. And that's what I say is why this is more palatable than any of like, you know, like Sonny or Carly or something is because, okay, Jocelyn has her head on straight and says no, but Carly's a bad mom. So she keeps going in Julian's case um, with Alexis, Alexis's kids are adults. And, you know, the thing is, is they're not supporting it either, but Alexis also isn't diving head first. It is, and that's why I'm like, oh, that's okay with me, because yeah. she, obviously she has feelings, but eh, yeah. Uh, just a side tension there for a little bit. As you bring up the uh, the whole uh, Jocelyn and Carly, I still, I feel like, I, I, and I agree with you, that I can understand why Jocelyn is not thrilled mm-hmm. when walks in and sees Carly and Sonny kissing and where it was going to be leading, and not thrilled about her getting back in Sonny's orbit again, that her mom, that her mom deserves better than this. To have to keep, uh, you know, apologizing for somebody else and going back to them and making excuses for their behavior. I, I still feel like there's not been enough attention to feel like, Carly, don't you realize that, uh, sure, Jax is incredibly wealthy, but still he is banned, at least for some length of time, from the States, from, from being have easy access to his daughter. Yeah, and that's the issue that I always have with these characters is, look, Jocelyn may be a teenager and sometimes they don't like their mom's boyfriends, but frankly, if you're a mom, you should put your kid over your boyfriend no matter what, even if it is the father of your other kids or whatever, and especially if he has a history like Sonny does. But the biggest thing is, 
None of that is in the past when he deported Jax and he can't come back into this country. That is right now. That is your daughter's father. She has every right to be mad about this and you're a bad mom for not even, not A, thinking about going back to this person, but B, saying, oh, that's none of her business. It's her dad. It is her business. God. Carly should be trying to move heaven and earth to try to help out her daughter to be able to have Jax come back into this country. But it's just like, you know, yep, Jax is just back in Australia. I mean, you know, but hey, just, you you know, I'm going to be with Sonny now. So I'm like, which just made that whole thing just so irritating. I mean, you knew it was what's going to happen, but it's just like, why do we even try to float these kind of like, Possibilities that oh yeah, Carly could be with Jax. No, it's not going to happen because Jax is gone and Ingo's not really. Uh, mm. He's not. A, he's not a contract player, so we're never really going to see him. So instead, we just deport him. But at least, yeah, at least I feel like Carly cannot. Those scenes just irritate me. Where she's like, Jocelyn, you don't understand. Yeah, like that. Just and two, as I say, it always bugs me now that the writers are female to write that for a woman, a mother. And to, if, say, you wrote that for Ava, and everybody calls Ava a bad mother, okay. But no one calls Carly a bad mother when, I'm sorry, she's one of the worst ones on the show. Well, she does love yeah. her kids, I guess. Oh, God, they always say that. And it's like, plenty of bad parents love their kids, guys. I mean, <laughs> Lizzie Borden's parents probably loved her until she hacked them up. From yeah. <laughs> I mean, guys, come on. Uh, love doesn't cost you. Yeah. Speaking of other characters from the canvas that we uh, that re- that came back, we've got Spinelli back. You're gonna see uh, Spinelli and Stone Cold working together to try to figure out what the deal is with uh, Helena's henchman who brought in the Chimera. As I say, this is nothing against Billy Miller or anyone for that matter, but to me, the most glaring moments that this is not Steve Burton are with Spinelli. And I think it's because Steve and Bradford were friends off campus, and they had this great relationship and a friendship that was funny because Jason had always been stone cold, like not a very funny guy to have this character with him. And we just don't have that same chemistry. And and that's why I say those are the moments that I find more glaring than, you know, any other character on the show. Yeah, it's... uh... It just it reminds you that it's like it's just a shadow of its former self to me. So I'm just like, okay. Mm. I mean, it's. I, I guess I'll, I'll take what I can get, but it still doesn't quite reach what I'm. I'm what I feel like has been that that dynamic uh, in the past. But we do have him come back. You know, Spinelli does his, his wonders there. He tracks down whoever this person is. Which the uh, the scenes of that henchman skulking around in the hospital. Oh boy, with that cart that he keep on rolling around. <laughs> and, you know, it would just be like. Like there would be times where he's watching, and then he'd just turn and look back at the camera for a second before he'd walk away. Like we got it, we know who you are, dude. We know you're creepy and you're weird. That's fine. Just just do your thing, dude. Yeah, as I say, this thing, I I, I guess that they sort of had to wrap up. This person brought the magic set to Jake, but I'm just wondering. This obviously is unraveling a bigger story about what Jason is now, and then Sam's PTSD. I, I feel like this story's too busy because I will say the Elizabeth and Jake stuff was interesting and, you know, the way that they held it because I actually like the way they've written Elizabeth with Jake and with Franco and this storyline. So I like to see these scenes of her being able to be the strong one, the mother, like, you know, and take care of him. 
I liked that part of it, but the rest of it, like you say, yeah, you're just like, oh my god, can you be more obvious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, and I did like at least that Griffin came out and he stuck around. I was waiting for him to have, well, you know, I've got to go see a patient. I really can't help you out, but at least they gave Griffin the smarts in that scene to realize what well, Elizabeth is clearly asking for help, but she can't say it right there in front of Jake. Mm-hmm. Just read the signs. And realize, you know, you're needed right here, right now, Griffin. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he did. Yeah. Glad he stuck around, which is good. Uh, but I got to admit, the Sam stuff, that, I am tired of that already. Oh. Like, that does not excite me in one, any way, shape, or form. Yeah, as I say, I mean, the Sam and Crisis stuff, I thought we were over that. I mean, we every year around the same time, anytime it becomes sweeps, it's always like Sam is in Crisis. And... I'm just done. But Kelly from VEI has a funny comment. He may be creepy, but damn, he is sexy. That is so funny. Kelly, come on now. But the the thing that first strikes me about Sam and Crisis is that that is a character that will not tell anybody about what what is going on with her until way too late in the game. Mm -hmm. And it always frustrates me. Just like, just tell Jason, you know what? I am seeing visions. I'm seeing you with blood on your face. There's something wrong with me. i got to figure it out. Instead, it's like, no, I don't know. There's something happening. I don't know. And I, I that's what's driving me about those scenes. Like, wow. I'm already not excited about it. And then you just have her being kind of coy or vague or kind of, you know, not really deflecting anybody that talks to her about it. I'm like, I, please. I... I guess you think this is heading to some kind of PTSD kind of thing? I don't, to be honest, especially, like, Griffin is not a psychiatrist, and at least he did tell her to get a real diagnosis from, you know, one of the psychiatrists on campus there, you know. But, yeah, I don't think it's PTSD, and it's a matter, if it is, why? Like, I'm guessing it probably has to do with Helena's curse, and they're bringing that to head, because as I keep saying, let's just redo A Tale of Two Todds with A Tale of Two Jasons. Yeah. Now, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, we're trying to figure out what the deal is with Jason, that, you know, he's got this programming, and he's certainly different now Mm. than he was, like, uh, uh, when uh, we had that scene between Sam and Kevin, and Kevin was saying, you know, when he first uh, got in that first accident, that kind of turned him into Jason Morgan, I tried to treat him, and he wanted nothing to do with it, because he wanted to be in charge of his whole, you know, everything everything that affected his life, he wanted to call the shots. And now he's some kind of like he's a different sort of person now, which is cool. I mean, I guess it's different because, I mean, he's already been through so many traumatic injuries and his his head has just got to be just a mishmash of stuff. But it's still not giving us the uh, the Jason Quartermain that we want. It's just this mishmash of just like dark stuff, which I'm like, can we have some light, light positive stuff in there, too? That's kind of bubbling up as well. But we're only seeing the the dark, messy stuff. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, you know, well, Jason has a career in the NFL if this doesn't work out. So, um, yeah, with all these brain injuries, um, that might have been a low blow. But, um, yeah, Tommy Osini in the uh, chat says, I think it's Helena's curse, too. And uh, Amanda Pinnell says uh, she thought it was postpartum depression. I know that Griffin talked about both of them. Uh, PTSD after, you know, her her horrific incident with the delivery as well as postpartum depression. Um but, yeah, I, I just think, I hope it's the curse because at least it's wrapping up a storyline if we have to have this. But, yeah, the, the whole Sam and crisis and is this Jason, like, as I say, if it brings Steve Burton back, I'm all for it. Uh, but I, I kind of, because of a lot of the hints she dropped about Jason not being Jason, but being that it's in this very paranoid state she's in, that could have been a throw-off, yeah. It I feel like if that was going to be the case, we would have heard something about that by now. Do you think that Steve Burton was going to be coming back to Canvas? 
I just, I mean, it would be, I'd be more than happy with that spin. That would be really cool. Uh, but I don't know exactly what they're going to try to kind of settle this. And we have, let's talk about Jason's fight scene on the hospital uh, bar, uh, hospital roof. Eh, I, not, the, not the greatest stone cold fight scene that I've ever seen. So it's, uh, and the guy doesn't die. We yeah. get to see him, uh, which <laughs> like how the cops are going, you are both coming downtown with us. And then Sam is like, he's the guy that stopped the bomb. <laughs> really? Like, and I'm like, that's going to work on you? Well, you're still going to have to make a statement. I mean, even my mom was watching and was like, this is bad. I promise, officer, yeah. I'll bring him down as soon as possible. Like, mm-hmm, okay, great. So I don't know, because I remember, like, uh, like the, the DVR said, you know what, Jason finally learns the truth. And I figured, so I was like, all right, he's going to find out who's behind all this. That Now that Helena's dead, who's the one that's really pulling the strings? And it only seemed like all we got out of that is that this other guy that brought the chimera is also under Helena's programming as well. And maybe it's because Friday's episode was actually Thursday's because uh, Tuesday's uh, episode, yeah. and that may have been it, is that the DVR was wrong and it was supposed to be for the what will air on Monday. And that's what sucks. Because, you know, um, Tanya Walker talked about this when she was in here um, about how soaps are died because of the OJ trial. Yeah. And how much in the ever since we even started this show, how many shows have been delayed or you know only put online or shown on a different day? I mean, that's sort of what's killing us right now. No, that's true. I well, I mean that or just like just hitting the same kind of like you were just talking about. They do with a lot of different characters. They just mm-hmm. they bring them on canvas, make you hate them, and then later on they try to show you like you know what. This person that you really hated, you know, you really don't understand the whole, this whole sides of this person. Here's the other reason that's going to completely justify everything they've done. And you're supposed to just turn like, oh, okay. Right. This yeah. person is the best. What was I thinking? Only if they have William DeVry's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings yeah. us to a storyline that I am not excited about. And this week did not do anything to uh, get me more excited about it. But it was Amy. Of course. Man Landers. <laughs> We had last week off, which was great in terms of seeing any of the progression of the Amy storyline. But we're back in it this week, and we get to see uh, Nathan overhearing a phone call that leads to a really long, drawn-out discussion about uh, Amy and her brother, who uh, got injured. In uh, he, was, he was serving. Uh, he was overseas, got injured. He's now in a home because his mother couldn't afford to keep taking care of him. And so she's just trying to hopefully write this book as a way to, you know, and get the, wants this book deal because they could help provide for him. Yeah, as I say, the more we've learned about it, the more we do see Amy's side and sort of understand her character more, except for the fact of she was a gossip. She wasn't very nice, especially about Maxie. And to our knowledge, Maxie had never really done anything to her. And that's the frustrating part is is even though what she's done, it was not, say, as bad as, say, like, Valentine or Julian or Ava or all these characters... It's also, you were just a gossip that's kind of mean about people, and this doesn't really explain that. It explains why, you know, Nathan, who's a nice guy, would want to help you. But I think that's the frustrating part, is, like, I get you, you're going through stuff, but that doesn't give you the right to be mean to people. I mean, same thing, it doesn't give, like, you know, Ava a right to kill Connie or anybody else. I mean, and that's the thing, is, like, we don't understand their, I mean, we understand some motivations, but as far as that, it's like, what? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I I did not want to happen is now coming to pass, which is Nathan posing as Manlanders <laughs> yeah. for this book publisher, which I... 
This is driving me crazy. I mean, it's like I mean, and I guess I, I you know I'm, I'm not in the world of publishing, but I think it's the content and not the package that's the most important thing. So if you have this person that you that, that the content of what this person's saying has grabbed you. You know, it shouldn't matter what this person looks like that's giving the information. Sure, it's it, this guy. The fact that this guy's hot, I think it's a bonus. But if you find out that that was just a fake photo and the guy was a, a troll or was in fact a woman that was calling himself man, calling herself Manlanders, the content is still there. Frank, we work in the entertainment industry. I thought Ugh. you knew better than that. It's all about a sexy, pretty package. It doesn't matter what's on the inside. Uh, <laughs> great. So. I, and I know we're going uh, to get this meeting, which I'm, it's like, this is what we're going to give Nathan to do, is to pose as Man Landers and be able to talk about things that Amy has written about and be able to kind of just riff off the cuff about all this stuff. Those are going to be terrible scenes, and I am not looking forward <laughs> to watching those next week. I am not. This is gonna be I awful. know, it's going to be awful, but I just laugh. You're like, it is going to be terrible. No. Um, and a lot of the chat is saying the same thing. Amanda Pinnell uh, says, I like to hear, to hear about Amy's life, just hate Man Landers. Stormy Wood says, Amy got three stop, sob stories in one, and I don't give a damn about Amy's messed up brother, dead mother, or absent father. Ugh. And then Dion's Corner is like, I kind of like that there's more to this Man Landers thing than her just being a twit. It doesn't completely salvage her, but at least there's a better reason for it. Like that's that's a nice way of putting it. And, and yeah, as I say, I'm like at least we have a reason. But as I say, it's it doesn't make sense for everything. And that's why I hate when they have these characters come on and we don't like them, or we do like them, but they're evil. And then they try to like read, you know, vamp that. And you're like, why? Yeah, it's because now we have Nathan stuck in the storyline where he's got to pose as this advice columnist when we <laughs> when we have already so many other things. One, we could give him a, a police case to work on. Two, you could, as we've talked about in the past, try to get a storyline going about who his real father is. Yeah. We kept, we've been, I mean, that is, I mean, I makes me wonder, is the show ever going to follow up on that? Because it has been years since that was touched on. Yeah, that's what's frustrating is every, like, because um, yeah, Tommy Osini in the chat says they really don't know what to do with Ryan, do they? And exactly. But as we say, there are so many options, but it's almost like they don't want to bother with something more in depth. Like, they'll put him with this lame storyline, and, and that's what's frustrating is Ryan is a great actor, a very smart guy, and all they seem to want to focus on is the fact that he's really hot. Yeah, and that's great. He is, but he is a lot more than that, and it's frustrating that they're not willing to do that because this father storyline and hell, you know, I could see him and Nina teaming up because she needs something to do. Yeah, and they have a great relationship. I love their scenes, and Nathan is this good guy. So if Maxie didn't come back, why not get him in a good relationship or something? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's frustrating because it's like this. Uh, like this character, it makes me worry. Like there are some characters on soaps where I guess the writers feel like if they're not in, they're not with a couple, the person that they've been paired with. In this case, Maxie. Take Maxie out of the equation uh, because you know that character, you know, just for personal reasons, is not on the show right now. But also, they realize, well, if if, they, if he's not with that person, we don't really have anything to do with him. And so, what's the you know? We just, but we want this actor around. And they struggle. But it's like, you shouldn't have to struggle because... Ulbricht is there. Yes. And you have the fact that he has this unknown father that's supposed to be this really evil guy. But it's like they're not even trying. Like, And that's what's frustrating. It's like, oh, well, we have this character on canvas. Let's make this dumb Manlander storyline. Oh. It's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, no, no, no. I, man, I I've was... not smoked enough weed to have thought of that storyline. I wonder what, where they get theirs. I mean, Jesus. It's... Uh... 
it's a it's a frustrating thing to do with, do with a character that could have so, that has so much other potential that you could be exploring. But I, I this, for some reason, as right now, they decide you know what <laughs> Nathan really needs to be Man Landers. Hooray! Yeah, as I good, say, good luck mm-hmm. with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, and Kelly from PI said that Christian Storms is now taping, and I did see that as well. So hopefully that means this will wrap up and we'll get that. And like Stormy Woods points out. We saw Maxie in high school. None of what Amy has said describes her at all. And I remember that, too. I'm like, because that was when Lucas came out of the closet and stuff like that. Like, Maxie was not a bad teenager. <laughs> she was a bad adult later. Yeah. No, that, yeah. that was, because, yeah, that was like back, back before the yeah. recast and stuff, too. So, yeah, she was much more of a, like a, a, like a good character right there. Yeah, because that was the thing is she was a good big sister to Georgie. I mean, and was kind of involved with a cop at that time before Kristen came in. And then they had the Lucky storyline. That was really where Maxie took a turn. Yeah. Yeah, but and she was into drugs a little bit in high school, but I mean, who wasn't? Well, yeah. Look at them. There you go. <laughs> well, mm. you know how it is, guys. In high school, yeah. you know you're experimenting, yeah. right? It's, uh, it happens so much faster for the kids these days. It used to be exactly. college, now it's high school. Yeah. So it'll be junior high. Oh, yeah. well, no word. So uh, lock your daughter up now, Frank. Oh man! Oh, <laughs> yikes! Uh, so in terms of other storylines this week, do we have anything else that was really exciting this week that? I can't think of any of the other storylines. Uh, yeah, I think Anna was only in it briefly just to make sure Valentine got that video, and it was nice that Charlotte and Nina watched it together. Yeah. Cause, and hopefully James Patrick Stewart will be back as Valentine. Um, I think that he just had to film elsewhere because he's popular. There was, which, get excited, mm-hmm. everybody, there was a, uh, a shot on Twitter that somebody took a, a shot, I think the GH uh, fan page put it out, or the GH show page, of James, Pat- James Patrick Stewart in the park. Uh, yes. Just uh, pausing between sets, uh, between shots. So he's so he's back, and he's in the park. So look at that. Your favorite place. My favorite place. Get James Patrick Stewart out of that park. Hooray. So get ready for more parks, uh, park shots, guys. Yeah, because that was the thing. Is I figured because people liked him, he'd be back. And I love that Anna insisted that Lulu show them that. And, you know, we had Anna advocating for him then because she – she was the one who saw who he was before and was able to see him again. And and I thought that they had good chemistry as, you know, sort of frenemies. And, yeah, it was a good story. It'll be curious to see what happens when he does come back, what their mm-hmm. kind of relationship will be going forward. But I'd rather just, you know, as much as he, the way they brought him on, irritates the heck out of me. And I still feel like it, it, it did that character a lot of, a big disservice, the way that he was brought in. Like this, this could be. You could feel like. Uh, I mean, it's already kind of what happened to him is kind of tragic in terms of Anna and uh, Alex and and all that. But it just like it could have hit a little bit harder had they not brought him in in such a terrible way. Yeah, and that's what's frustrating is because we all know that Tyler Christopher was supposed to come back after the con, you know, and Nicholas wasn't supposed to be dead. But it's still like we still had to deal with the fallout like they could have easily written like maybe a scene of like just showing that nicholas had faked his death to kind of get over that but i guess because after you know they just weren't sure after a while and as i say that's what hurt ava's character as well i don't think she would have been involved in morgan's death if it wasn't for nicholas not being on canvas because that's they had taken her out of that and you know it's a shame that contract negotiations will ruin stories like that but it's, uh, I mean, but I'd still be fine with them recasting Nicholas. 
I mean, just, you know. Yeah, I liked Nick Sabil, and he had great chemistry with Mara. Yeah, I mean, I know people, I, I don't know if it was necessarily a, like split, but I mean, I know that there were some people that weren't a fan of that recasting as well. And, you know, but still, it's, I, I feel like better better some Nicholas than no Nicholas at all. Yeah. Oh, maybe, I, at least that's my opinion. I feel like there's more opportunities, both with Ava or with Valentine. To have a kind of power struggle within the Castellan family could be interesting. Yeah, you know, and just you know to see more stuff with him, with, uh, him and Alexis. I'd love to see. Her. Yeah, they're a great family. You know, I love their relationship. Yeah, yeah. and Laura. Yeah, yeah, and but if you do bring Nicholas back, the first thing you have to do is just have him. Well, first get him with Ava because at least that seems to be like a potentially good long term relationship, perhaps for both of those characters. I mean, it's just something that Nicholas can actually finish or, or like at least marry or do something because, the, you know, all his other relationships just ended up blowing up in his face. And that got a little tiresome with that character, too. And that's what I hated it because Brit and Hayden were actually great, but they never had them start out well. Or at least with Nicholas and Brit, they did start out well, but because of the reveal and then they had her screw him over again because she was leaving. And that was so frustrating because they, I loved them together. They were funny. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought that was good. And I felt like it just, it was again hitting that same nail over the head, which you did. Same thing like with, uh, uh, with, um, uh, hot doc, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Drake. Yeah. Uh, Robin. Yeah. So we're just kind of hitting that same thing where it's all of a sudden like, all right, you're going to be with Sabrina. Oh, nope. <laughs> now we're going to, you know, have Robin come in and walk in on this. Oh, and now you're going to be on the other side of it. So, when they take that character and they have him repeat those same kind of beats again, I can understand why it gets frustrating for, for an, an actor. actor yeah. yeah, like I gotta. This is all you see me capable of doing is just playing this one type of uh, note in the character. Well, and uh, he proved that uh, Jason Thompson proved that wrong over on YNR, which was great. And it's just a shame because I love Patrick Drake. And <laughs> now it's uh, you know it's uh, but I, I will give it up for the show where it's like I mm-hmm. haven't felt his absence in the sense where you did get to see uh, Robin and Emma come back. And touch base, and even if they say, you know, just because they have to, it's like, oh yeah, Dad's still back there, you know, doing something else, or you know, yeah. At least they're very respectful of the fact, you know, it's not like when well, we're going to recast him just for this one little scene. It makes sense because he is a doctor that he might not be there, and at least yeah. like we have when Anna and Emma mention him and stuff like that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what lies ahead for a lot of these characters. Yeah, um, Tion's Corner brings up a good point to go back to Nathan's dad just a little bit. Maybe Ulbricht had a pass with Caleb Morley, you know, Michael Easton's first character, the vampire, because <laughs> he was so evil. And I'm like, that would be funny because they do kind of look alike, but Michael Easton looks more like his older brother rather than a father. Well, that's true. I mean, I guess, you know, and he could be around for a long time, so that's why he yeah. hasn't uh, aged or anything. That so makes like, sense. All right, yeah, it could be a vampire. I mean, it's just... It's got to be somebody cool. I mean, to be able to say like this is somebody even worse than what you thought the uh, the original Cassidyne that uh, Theo Theo played Theo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Victor Cassidyne. Yes. So if it's wor- if it's even more of a monster than Victor. And that's what they claim that Valentine might have been it, but then they get someone as charming as James Patrick Stewart. So I guess they wrote it a little different because he was yeah. supposed to be this big evil guy, and then you're like, nah, he's too cool. Yeah, he's too, he was too suave. I liked yeah. him. Liked him so much. And uh, Annie Gowen wants to say Happy Father's Day, Frank, and, oh. and Happy Father's Day from the rest of us here. Oh yeah. my goodness, guys! Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Uh, you know, my, my daughter said she doesn't want to see movies with me. So uh, that was my treat today. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> did you see Cars okay. yesterday? I, did, oh, yeah. I, did, I saw it by myself, guys. Oh. It was, but it's a really good movie. <laughs> much, much better than Cars 2. 
which is not a and Nathan Fillion's in Cars three. I need to see that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. You, you, unmistakable voice when he pops yeah. on. Like, oh, hey, Nathan. All right, good to hear from you, buddy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I feel like uh, I guess you know we haven't done these segments in a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you why don't we like, go back to some you know some old standbys? You know, usually <laughs> we've been we, we've been ranting and raving. More rants than raves, more often than not, about the show. That we don't get a chance to do those old popular standbys that we do. Uh, winners and losers, and get them to the ER stat. So, please, a winner and loser for you this week. All right. You know, it was. it's pretty hard to pick a loser because pretty well everyone in Port Charles is a loser for the most part this week. But I guess just because of how she didn't put her kid first or listen to her concerns since he deported her dad, I'm going to go with Carly. Okay. Even though it was nice to have her not in every episode this week, just the one really irked me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and sorry. I mean, he had Jax deported. Listen to your daughter. She's smarter than you. (laughs) And to me, the winner of the week, I think, has to go to Elizabeth because, (laughs) again, I, yeah. Mm. <laughs> nice. I love the sound effects. Thanks, Alexis. Sorry, I was trying to hit the yeah. dog, but it didn't go. I was so sad. I was like, what's happening? I'm sorry. Because as I say, the the more that Elizabeth gets where it's her being a good mom and her with Franco and just even though Jason is around, she doesn't care about Jason like she did. And I like that so much more in her character. She just sees him as Jake's dad now. And it just shows what a strong woman she's become again, like she yeah. was, you know, with with Lucky the first time. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. No, that, that that's a very interesting dynamic, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, there is there are no scenes with Franco this week at all. Yeah, he wasn't in it, but in two, as much as I liked them together, it made sense. I'm like, it was good, you know. I, yeah. As much as I like Franco, I can take a break from him. It yeah. was, <laughs> but then we had like that moment there where first I thought that that guy was going to like, why didn't he just? Take a creepy stalker, Helen Henchman guy, <laughs> Helena Henchman guy. Right when they go by the vending machine, she gives them the money. Elizabeth's back is turned, and she's going through her phone, yeah. and he's up there to try to go get some some candy from the machine. And the creepy henchman guy is just standing right there, and they lock eyes for like way too long. <laughs> and I was like, if this is if this is who you're wanting to get, just take him and run. But he just like they just stand there for a while. I'm just like, all right, well, was, this seems weird. Creepy sterile. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I like what they done with Elizabeth. Yeah, if you yeah. felt like you know this one like was it just two years ago that the whole Jake Doe stuff was going on? Yeah, as I say, I mean, and some people who Amanda Pinnow even commented because she hadn't been watching the show for a while. She's like, "Well, Lucrecia likes Elizabeth now." I said, "Yeah, ever since they put her in Franco's orbit, and you know the Jake stuff was more interesting. You know, with him being a little bit evil, that was great. And as long as she's not with Jason and." She's way better. I mean, and that's the sad part is, like, now Sam has to suffer, apparently. Which sucks because Jason and Sam and Elizabeth are all great characters. But I think that the way that they choose to write them, just like with Carly and Sonny together, just isn't good for anybody. There was, uh, when GH was preempted, I think it was on Tuesday this week. I think it was preempted Tuesday or Wednesday. But they had a uh, repeat here. And it was back for when... Curtis and Jason were kind of you know dancing around working together. And I was like, and I saw that at first, like, whoa, 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 what happened? Are they back, are they back mm-hmm. to the case again? Like, nope. I, as I kept watching, I'm like, oh, this is a repeat from a while ago. But it got it got me excited about a relationship that we do not see anymore, which is frustrating to me. Oh, Ew. that is the other one. That's the other storyline. Oh, yeah. Yes. Another storyline that I am not enjoying thoroughly, and we almost blew by it without giving it my, my full rate. My rant James to it. wasn't here. Oh. Holy cow! So yes, we've got uh, <laughs> we've got Curtis and Jordan and TJ and Aunt uh, Selma. Aunt 
whatever her name is. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yes, like that, a little of that aunt goes a long way with me. Just I, because she's so one note. Yeah, and I love that actress, but she always does play like a side character because I remember her in Married with Children as one of Peggy's friends and stuff like that. But yeah, it's like, okay, like I get, like I, it totally made sense to have someone from their family come and dislike Jordan being with Curtis because of what happened. That was that that was a logical step but yeah it's like man she's a bitch i mean i mean it, it, aunt I mean, stella aunt stella <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Stella, i'm like oh uh, yes. whatever uh i mean it, as much as you see how much she genuinely cares for tj in those scenes right there over at kelly's as soon as jordan and curtis walk in man she will not let up on jordan whatsoever yeah and it's just you know it's one thing to find out like well, all right what's gonna because you know Curtis knows what the truth is about who TJ, TJ's dad really is, but once uh, when Aunt Stella finds out, is she just gonna melt down? Yeah, that's the thing is, and it seems to be wrapping up so quickly. I'm just surprised she didn't find out this week because every little little beat was like, okay, wow, this is like I would have expected this two episodes later or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm guessing maybe she finds out next week and goes off on him, you know, or whatever. I, I don't know. And it's just weird because why don't we have Sean back? I know, because I felt like this was a this seemed like one of the storylines where occasionally GH hits the fast forward on. And it gets you through it real quick because when she first shows up uh, last week and they're hanging out and she's really, you know, just you know, berating Jordan to Curtis while Jordan's not there yet. But you just know that at some point, Jordan was coming back while she was still there. Mm. And I was like, all right, is it going to be this episode, or are they going to have her leave, and then they're going to have to encounter each other again to realize that they're dating? And I'm glad that the show said, no, boom, Jordan's back in the same episode, they get her to have that confrontation. So I'm like, all right, they seem to be really fast-forwarding this. And then when at Kelly's, I thought they were just going to have her find out that really TJ is not really uh, with Stella's uh, nephew's, Stella's nephew, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but of course we don't. We get that delayed again. Like, well, hi. Why did we get this delayed? Just hit the fast forward button on this. Let's just get it going. Yeah, I mean, all the other scenes were like really quick. So why did they stop there? That's what I thought. It was like this pacing is really weird. So Aunt Stella, as she says at the end, she's going to be around for uh, Port Charles for a while. It's open ended. My trip here is open ended. <laughs> Great. Uh. Yeah, and as I say, it's nice to see Jordan and TJ and, you know, Curtis um, having scenes together. And as I say, that made a logical, you know, story note for to have a family member come back and kind of find out about TJ and have a problem with Curtis being with her. That made sense. But just the way that they're doing it is so odd. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I feel like that ties into, I guess, get them to the air stat, my little segment there, Mm -hmm. where it's just... Uh, relationships that uh, were so promising yet have, have been dying on the vine. And so that ties into I was talking about Jason and Curtis. I feel like that is a great relationship that that I feel like almost I, I can't think of anybody in the chat that ever said, like, you know, these scenes are terrible. I yeah, like everybody, everybody liked it. Yeah. yeah. Like, so why do you know, the writers just kind of just kind of just steered clear of that for so long? We also have the, uh, the Andre and Anna. It seemed like a lot of people seem to enjoy that genuine kind of uh, that kind of pairing up. And certainly, you know, we know, you know, Finola was gone for the show for a while. You know, Anthony's had, you know, some injuries and stuff like that. So it's kind of, you know, delayed that. But still, like, they're back on canvas right now. So why aren't we working towards uh, a relationship that seems like a lot of people were kind of gung-ho for? Yeah, exactly. Especially now that the Valentine storyline is wrapped up for the time being. Next week, they better be in each other's arms. I'm sorry. We, we've waited too long. Already in arms. We don't, we don't need to dance around yeah. with us. Let's just get in each other's arms. You know, they're not getting any younger. No. Well, you know what? Like Kevin and Laura. I don't mind if it's quick, especially because at people's 
older the older you get, the less you need that dance anyway. I mean, and they've, yeah. they've already had this build up. They're friends. Come on, <laughs> let's just get let's just yeah. get down to it. Or or then you just see uh, you know well anything like with uh, uh, Scotty and Ava. That's a relationship that we did not really get to see a lot of it, 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 little bits and pieces here. But there was so much more that I felt could have been exploited with that. So it's just like GH has all some some great relationships between characters that aren't necessarily just romantic, but just yield funny moments and just you know and they bring out the best in each other. These two different characters and for some reason it's like the GH has this great thing happening for a while and then they just stay away from it and they never come back to it and it gets frustrating yeah and, and a relationship that they've come back to this week that people are, were mentioning was Hayden and Elizabeth being sisters and this was the first week in a long time that that was really more acknowledged and, and too in a way that made sense Hayden just goes past them in their crisis to throw up and then it's like oh yeah I'm pregnant and her and Jake have a sweet moment Finally, they got back to that. But we still don't know if Elizabeth's dad knows that he has another kid. I mean, all this other, like, stuff that was just left out there. And, yeah, yeah you know. Well, we do. I mean, there, there was a big casting, and I mentioned a little bit last week, about uh, James DePavia. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. is cast from One Life to Live in a mysterious role. And a bit much speculation is that it's going to be Jeff Weber. That would be really good, because I think James DePavia would be good um, as Jeff Weber. And he looks similar to Richard Dean Anderson and things like that. That that would be a good get. And hopefully maybe Cassie will come over, too. That would be cool. Yeah. I, just, I feel like that is definitely a character that has been so talked about that it was just it was terrible that we, it just like, didn't make any sense why that character never showed up at all during that whole kind of Hayden Elizabeth what's the what's the real deal about the relationship yeah and I think that's what's frustrating because I know I had put Michael E. Knight's name when when they were, we were talking about casting from other shows and there was a lot of people who could have been filled at that time but who knows maybe it was budgetary reasons or whatever I mean because they, they have to have like uh, apparently a quota of how many Sonny and Carly scenes and Jason and Sam scenes in a month so I think that that really cuts out a lot of like you know other important stories. Well. Great. Yeah. What what's the quote on how many man lander scenes? We need <laughs> yeah, uh, we need to lower that. <laughs> yeah, that, should, that should be lowered so we can have uh, yeah just more Jeff Weber scenes placed there. Yeah. Or more uh, let's get some uh, Jason and Curtis scenes back yeah, on the docket. Exactly. Yes. If we're gonna see Jason, put him with Curtis, his true love. Yeah, that's true. I will take I, I will take zero man lander scenes. Mm-hmm. That will give me at least you know one or two. Uh, Curtis and Jason stories, uh, scenes of Anthony, uh, Andre and Anna scenes, some Ava and Scotty scenes. Like, give me those. Give me those instead. And um, the chat is telling me that Cassie is going to days right now. Well, no offense, guys. She can come to Better Show. <laughs> oh, all right. Shots fired. Come on. Look at that. Days. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is getting about that time. Look at that. We've, uh, we've conquered another week yeah. in Port Charles. How does it feel to be back in the saddle? You know, just just wonderful. I'm so happy to be talking about Manlanders here. Oh, the Manlanders! Man, I could already see a picture of that scene uh, next week. Him in some publisher's office, <laughs> pretending to do it. Is is Amy in the room there with him? I don't know. Yeah, I it's think like, she's going to be his assistant. Oh, yeah, I, I can just see it now. And then they they like. Oh, like it's seen out of a bad romantic comedy. Oh yeah, where the publisher's talking directly to Man Landers to Nathan and it's like, I loved your advice about blank blank blank. And what would mm-hmm. you suggest if somebody said this? Um, well, um, 
and then have Amy step you know. in. Like I think what he really means to say, like, oh, those things are going to be terrible. <laughs> oh, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pull it. Up. We're going we're to pull up now. We're going to we're going to close up shop right now for this week's episode of the GH Report. But don't worry, the fun is just getting started. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what you can do? You can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and thank you everybody for hopping in the chat. It was great to have you back here, hearing your thoughts and opinions of everything we were talking about. And if you want to continue the conversation with us even after the show's off the air, Lucretia, where can they find you? You guys can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N, anywhere on the internet, since there is only one. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. I think I never even mentioned where you can find me at the beginning, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. If you don't know by now, there's no hope for us. Sorry, we're never going to make that I connection. You. I put it up while you were chatting. Oh, that's so kind. <laughs> that's so kind. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Alexis Torres. Uh, Alexis, where can they find you? You can find me all over the interwebs at ATorres890. And where can they find your voice? Gone probably somewhere on the Universal lot, <laughs> probably on the studio tour. <laughs> Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being with us here again. Uh, we are down week two, another two weeks more without James Lott Jr., but he will be back at the beginning of July. Don't worry, the show will only get better in his return. <laughs> Until then, folks, we'll see you back here next week, uh, next Sunday night, with another episode of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 